welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. All right, so we're one of the things that we really want to do this year, and, and we've tried to be intentional in years past, but uh, we want to be really, really intentional this year, is the word connection. Everybody say connection. All right, and, and connection means that there's no such thing as Lone Ranger Christians, all right? And, and so we, we believe that life groups are a great way to do that. And uh, Jeff and Margaret Stuckey are two of our leaders in that. They'll be out there by the uh, life group board and can answer some questions. But if you didn't get one of these, there's lots of pamphlets out there that tell you about the various groups and things that are out there. Wanna encourage you guys to, to grab one of those. Um, no more loneliness this year. Everybody raise your hand, let's make a de- declaration together. Everybody, come on, even if you're just a Teasing me and you hate me right now. Everybody say it with me. No more loneliness. All right, awesome. You can put your hands down. So together we're declaring that God has us connected for a reason and uh, we just want to pour into that. Amen? How many guys love you some Jesus this morning? Man. A good, it's, it's, it's always awesome when you see life go under and new life raised hands saying we want more of God and less of us. It's good to have you if you're a visitor. Um, we, we love to have you here at Reliance. I'm excited. This is a new year. And uh, every, every year that the new year kind of rolls around, we, we always uh, talk as a staff and I always ask the staff, do you have a word that the Lord, like a word that kind of the Lord has given you for 2019 or, or whatever year it is and, or, or a theme or a phrase? And, and uh, so we always share those and like, um, some shared my, their word this year was celebrate. Some shared their, their word this year was just anticipation, and they just want to pray into a year of anticipation. Some shared that their word this year was acceleration, that they really feel like God is wanting to accelerate things. Uh, for me, kind of the phrase uh, uh, that, that the Lord had given me for 2019 was letting go, all right? Let it go. Letting go, because I try to hold on to a lot of things, and, and I'd never do that well. Anybody need to have that as their phrase, letting go? All right, cool. Uh, and so letting go is kind of my, my thing. But um, we, we meet with a group on Thursday mornings, and one of the gals in that group, she just said, um, hey, was, we were praying for you guys, and, and, and we really feel like one of the, the things the Lord has for the church this year, she said, Here, here's kind of the two words the Lord gave us for the church, strategic fruitfulness. And I was like, wow, that is really, really good. Like all of the things that we share, all the words that the Lord has given us kind of fall into that category of strategic fruitfulness. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what that means. And I'll tell you why I like that. Um, I like it for two reasons. One is because we have a strategic God who has a plan. Amen. God is sitting up in heaven going, I wonder what I'm going to do tomorrow, Right. Like, I wonder what next week's gonna look like for you. He's got a plan. God is very strategic. He knows exactly what he's after, what he wants to accomplish. And so I love that word strategic. He's not throwing darts, hoping that something lands somewhere good, all right? And number two, um, I love that theme because fruitfulness is, is what every person in Christ is supposed to bear, amen? All through scripture, it says that we're supposed to be fruitful. All through scripture, it says that we're supposed to produce fruit and not just any fruit, but fruit that lasts. And so I love those two words together, strategic, because our God has a plan, fruitfulness, because that's what we're called to bear. And so when we talk about strategic fruitfulness over the next couple of weeks, um, I, I want you to know that this is really where we're going in this new year. How are we gonna be strategic for the things of God and bear fruit in those things? And I really feel like the first thing that we need to do before anything else for us to be strategic in, in having fruitfulness in our lives and ministries is we need to understand this idea of hearing God in our lives in 2019. 
Hearing God in our lives in 2019. And this is a big deal to us. And if that weirds you out, you're going to be nervous, man. When the clouds roll back and Jesus speaks into the universe and says, come home, right? You'll be like, That's, that freaks me out, right? And, and so what I want you to do is I want you and I to stop being so uncomfortable when we talk about God speaking to us and us hearing God. I'm going to rattle off some scriptures for you uh, today real quickly, um, and I'm going to tell you why I think this is key for us in 2019. John 10 is very clear. Jesus says this, my sheep hear, somebody say hear, my voice. My sheep hear my voice. Matthew 4, 4, people do not live on bread alone, but on every word, somebody say word, that comes from the mouth of God. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me. And if the Lord is answering, it means that he must be sharing something with us. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. Revelation 3, 20, and this is the one man that really grips my heart. Jesus says, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. There's a distinctive there. If you hear his voice, he will come in. There's something about hearing the voice of God that is so strategic that I don't think that we've focused on enough when it comes to church life. And so our goal really this year is to um, equip you better, to equip you better, to, 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 to train us up to be better listeners um, to what the Lord is speaking so that we can gain more understanding of what God wants to do. Amen? We want to equip and we want to train up to be better listeners so that we can know and understand what God wants to do in your life, in, in the world around us, and in lives around us. We want to get this. We want you to be able to say when you leave this place over the next couple of months, we want you to get to a place where you say, God speaks to me. All right? without cringing at that, without going, God speaks to me, and then walking away because you're really nervous of what that means, all right? I want you to be able to, with all confidence in your heart, say, God speaks to me. He speaks to me in my life. He speaks to me in my marriage. He speaks to me in my singleness. He speaks to me in my work. He speaks to me in my daily stuff. Who could use that in their life? Every hand could use that. If God is speaking to us, every hand can use that. And let me just tell you why that's important. Because if we were just honest, we know that the enemy speaks to us. There's not a person in here who denies that. There's not a person in here who denies that the enemy tries to speak to you. He tells you lies. He tells you you're not worth it. He tells you you're unworthy. It can come in the forms of other people. It can come in the forms of how you feel in your heart. There's not a person in here at some point in time in your life has not contended with a lie that's been spoken over your life. And I'm just going to tell you, that's the enemy speaking in your life. And so we all know that the enemy speaks to us. So why do we get weirded out when we say that God wants to speak to us? If the enemy speaks to us, don't you believe that our God has a bigger voice than him? If Satan wants to speak in your life, don't you believe that the God of the universe who spoke the world into existence has a bigger voice than that liar? Man, it's time that we tune hearts in and it's time that we dig after those things that God is trying to tell us, the things that he's trying to speak into our lives. And so the best strategies for fruitfulness is simply knowing that God is speaking. Hearing God is so important. It's an essential tool for the Christian life. Without it, we become stunted, we become stagnated in our growth. I was thinking about this the other day. 
My kids, um, they all wanted those wireless earbuds. That's like the big thing now in our home, all right, the wireless earbuds. And I was sharing with first service, um, uh, th- like technology and I, we just don't get along well. So I, like for me, like that's like the new stuff, right? New stuff on the block. So I walk around my house and I have these conversations with my family and I'll talk for 30 minutes, pouring out my heart, you know, telling them all the things, telling them they're beautiful and they're wonderful and all these things. I'll walk around and I'm wondering like for 30 minutes, why is nobody responding to me, all right? And then I noticed they've all got their wireless earphones in. Anybody resonate with that at all? Yeah, a little bit, right? And so I look over at my wife, I'm like, babe, I don't understand why the kids are not responding to me. Babe, babe, and she's got her wireless earphones in, all right? And so I, I sometimes feel like that's how the Lord feels with us. I sometimes feel like God is speaking and he's, he's like, he's telling you all about himself and he's telling you about his love and he's like, man, I've got you and hey, don't go this direction, go this, ooh, that's, gonna, that's not gonna end well for you if you go down that path. And he's trying to steer and he's trying to tell you, he's trying to tell you all about life and we've got these earphones in, man, and we're just doing our thing and we're not listening to him at all, right? First of all, nobody does that, I just want you to know. But you guys know what I'm talking about. I feel like the Lord is, is trying to speak and we've got these, these earphones and with everything else in life drowning out his voice. And I think that there are times, man, where he gets a little fed up with that. I mean, anybody text somebody who doesn't text you back and that ticks you off? Anybody? Anybody call somebody, you know they got their vo- your voicemail. It's been four weeks, they haven't called you back. Some of you guys are pointing at me, right? Like, to me, I sat there and I'm thinking, man, I wonder if that's how God feels. Like, hey, I've been texting you. You haven't responded. I wonder if that's how God feels. Like, I left you a message. You never, you never called me back. Like, I, I, I just feel like this is how important this is because all of us in this room, we're constantly asking God for direction. God, give me direction. God, am I doing the right thing? And we've got all these voices, you know, that are pouring into our life. And, and, and I'm wondering if we're asking for direction, if we're taking time to listen to the direction. If I asked you do, you, do you need to hear God today in your life? Do, do you need to hear God today in your life? Do you need to hear God today in your finances? Do you need to hear God today in your children's lives? Do you need to hear God today in your marriage? Do you need to hear God today in your health? Do you need to hear God today in, in your job? I believe every hand would say, I do, man, I need that. I need to hear God more. And so one of the coolest parts of our relationship with the Lord over all other religions is that we serve a God who desires to speak to us personally. I want you to hear that. We serve a God who desires to speak to us, not just corporately, but personally. Like he wants to commune with you and speak to you personally. And, and I get that for a lot of people that may be foreign, you didn't grow up that way, wasn't what you were taught in church, you know, whatever it is you were taught going to church was about reading your Bible, church attendance, and, and being nice to people. And those are all good things. I want you to know that. But I think if that's the extent of your relationship with God is going to church, reading your Bible, and being nice to people, you've missed the whole of the gospel, which is God wants that personal, intimate, let's speak on a daily basis relationship. In fact, um, this is the good news. A.W. Tozer says, it's the nature of God to speak. It's the very nature of God to speak. And, and so um, just that foundational question isn't just, does God speak? I know he speaks. Scripture says that he speaks. It's constant. God is constantly speaking, probably speaking more than we want to listen, right? 
God is constantly speaking. So the question isn't, does God speak? The question is, do you believe that God speaks to you? And that's really where I want to challenge your heart this morning. Do you believe that God speaks to you? Do you, do you think that God has a word for you on a daily basis or has something for you on a daily basis? Some of you guys are out there and you're like, I just, man, I feel like God has laryngitis when it comes to me, right? Like, I just, like, I'm, you're saying he's speaking. I don't think I've ever heard him or, 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 or felt like I've heard his voice to the word through other people, all those kinds of things. So I want you to hear that today. Dallas Willard says this, and I think this is important. If God does not speak today, then the greatest disservice we could do today to people is to tell them that they can have a personal relationship with the God of the universe. I'm gonna read that again. If God doesn't speak today, the greatest disservice that we can do today to people is tell them that they can have a personal relationship with Jesus. The identity of a personal relationship means we get to talk. That's what makes it personal. We get to, to talk. In fact, I was sharing with first service that I think that the, and I would just contend that what drove Adam and Eve crazy when they sinned in the garden was that before they sinned, it says that they walked with God daily in the cool of the morning and they spoke with him. And then all of a sudden sin enters in and yes, there's separation from God and they were kicked out of the garden of Eden and, and, and some history records that they just wailed. There was just wailing and wailing. And I have to believe that their, 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 their agony wasn't so much that they just had to leave this lush garden, although that was probably a really beautiful garden. It was that they had communion speaking directly with the God of the universe that had been separated now. And they longed for God's voice in their hearts they longed for God to restore that. And of course, we know that God went with them and was still with them. But I have to believe that that is something that you and I need to latch on to this morning. That if you could do anything in the year 2019 that could change your life. If you could do anything this year. If there was no other sermon you listened to. If there was no other Sunday that you came. If this was your last Sunday, I want you to hear this. If you could listen to the voice of God in your life, it would change everything. The most important factor for you today is not your family. Love your family. The important, most important factor is not your job today. The most important factor is not your friends. It's not where you live. It's not your finances. The most important factor today is that God is speaking. Are you listening? And so, so let's talk about that. If you guys have your Bibles, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Holy smokes, where'd the time go? 1 Samuel chapter 3, starting with verse 2. Um, uh, so, so Eli is a prophet of God. He's raising up a young boy named Samuel, probably about 12 years old. Okay. Samuel's probably about 12 years old. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out to Samuel. So this young 12 year old boy, roughly probably age wise. Yes. Samuel replied, what is it? He got up, he ran to Eli. He says, here I am. Did you call me? He said, I didn't call you. Eli replied, go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never heard a message from the Lord before. Look at verse eight. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? Like how many would be ticked off by now, amen? One, I've got a 13-year-old, and if I, like, if, if I did that to him and he came running into me, he'd be really angry at me if I woke him up from his beauty sleep, right, Tyson? All right? But two, I would be really ticked off if he kept coming and waking me up, all right? And so something strategic is happening here. Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy, so he said to Samuel, go lie down, and if someone calls you again, 
say these words. Underline these words. Write these words on your phone. Write them on a piece of paper. Stick them all around your house. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. I had to ask God a question in this. I'm like, God, either God's voice to Samuel sounded either really weak, and so he didn't quite understand who was calling him, or two, God's voice sounded a lot like Eli's. I don't understand why he kept running to Eli, but I have to think, why didn't God say, stop, stop running to Eli? Like after the first time, like maybe the first time it happens, we all go, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. He ran the first time. But after the second time, you would think that God would say, well, stop, stop running to Eli. It's me, right? Look up, man. It's me, God, I'm speaking to you. But God was doing something strategic in Samuel's life in that moment. He wanted to continue to call out to him, not three times, but four times. And those first three times, Samuel continued to run to Eli. God was doing something strategic. And I believe that when God was doing this, there was a learning and training of Samuel's heart, his ear, and his soul to be in tune with what God was saying and not the other voices around. Amen? When we start to listen to God's voice, listen to me, when we start to listen and tune in and understand who God's voice is, we'll stop running to all the other voices. We'll stop running to all the other voices that we have, all the other noise, all the other things in our life. When we stop and we just say, whoa, hang on a second, who's talking to me? Speak, God, for your servant is listening. And, and, and there's a training that takes place. There was a reason it didn't happen the first time because it doesn't always happen the first time. There was a reason it didn't happen the second time because God's training him. It doesn't always happen the second time. But through repetition and through repetition where we say, speak, God, for your servant is listening, we will start to be in tune with what God's speaking into our life. Amen, church? I was thinking about this over break, actually. We were all at the farm, and, and all, my, my two other brothers and all of our kids, I've told you, 14 grandkids under you know, the age of 13, I've told you. So it's usually madness out there. And all the parents stay in one room, and we forcibly put all the kids to, no, we don't forcibly, but we tell all the kids to go to the other room, right? And there's usually crying, blood, sweat, and tears, all right? I'm just being real with you guys. And so, but here's the thing. All of the parents are sitting around in this one living room, and all of a sudden you hear a cry. And nobody gets up right? You guys know you do it too. Nobody gets up and you start listening and you're like, is that mine? No, that's not my baby's cry, right? And like you start going through all of your kids and then you're like, wait, how many do I have? One, two. And then all of a sudden nobody gets up and then somebody recognizes it. One of the moms typically, because the dads are like, whatever. And, and so one of the moms is like, oh, that's mine, right? And then they get up and they recognize that voice. How is it out of 14 kids and they all have these little cries, these little whines, these little like whatever, and you can recognize that, that one voice. Out of all of that noise, you can recognize that one voice that's your child because you've been with them. You've spent time with them. You've babied that, right? You've grown up with that. You've matured that. And so it's the same thing when we're talking about hearing the voice of God. There comes a point in time where through repetition, through spending some time with the Lord, through constantly saying, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, where you begin to recognize the voice of God out of all the other voices that are coming into your life, and you'll run to his voice rather than the other voices. What if we start then this year in 2019, and we make this the mantra of who we are here at Reliance, where our mantra for 2019 is, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. I just like, man, what God could do in that is just profound. Um, I heard a great word from Rick Warren, Saddleback Church. Um, 
he was speaking at a, a Hillsong conference a while back, a couple years ago, on hearing the voice of God, and I picked some notes up from him that I absolutely felt like was vital for you to hear today. And, and I wanna share um, the start of this. If you're out there today and you're saying, man, I buy into this, I want to hear God's voice in my life, and I want you to know there are many ways we hear it, through the word, through others, through people, through visions, through dreams. Scripture's chock full of how we can hear God's voice. We don't have time to talk about those today, but if you want to hear God's voice in your life, it starts with an attitude of submission. Everybody say submission. submission. In other words, when we come to God and we say, God, speak for your servant is listening, we don't say, I'm gonna listen to what you say and then I'm gonna decide if I'm gonna surrender to that. We don't start that way. God's not waiting for you to decide if you're gonna surrender to that before he speaks. He wants you to come to him and he's ready for you to get down on your face, your knees, your, your lounge chair, your, your lazy boy, it doesn't really matter, all right? You get in that comfortable place and he's ready for you to say, God, I've laid my life down, speak for your servant is listening. Whatever it is you say, I'm in. He's not looking to will and deal with this. And so to hear God's voice, you gotta start with an attitude of submission. One of the greatest examples that, that, that he shared that I, I'm gonna give to you is, comes from Exodus chapter four. It's the story of Moses and the burning bush. You guys remember that? Charlton Heston, 10 Commandments, come on. It's a gem. All right, so the bush is on fire and it's not being consumed by the fire. And, and so God is speaking to Moses, who's been in the desert doing the whole like tending sheep, be, being a shepherd. Remember, he ran away from Egypt. He was a prince in Egypt. He ran away um, and, and because he knew he, God was doing some things in his life. Anyways, and so God's speaking to Moses and he's telling Moses, you're gonna go back to Egypt where you came from. You're gonna go back to Egypt. You're gonna set the people free. I'm gonna have you lead out a million Israelites from Egypt captivity, one of the greatest nations known to man. You're going to lead them all out of captivity. So Moses, standing before a burning bush, hearing the voice of God, already freaky, right, says this, what if they don't believe me or listen to me and say the Lord did not appear to you? Moses is saying what every single person in here would say. There's nobody going up going, so there was this bush and it was on fire, but not really. Just listen to me. Hear me out, all right? God said, I'm supposed to take you away, and I don't, are you with me? Like everybody's going, whoa, right, you, you need to go and be committed, whatever, they're turning around. So Moses is having that, that thing in his heart where he's like, what if they don't believe me? Like, what if they don't listen to me? The, the, the Lord did not appear to you. What if that's what they say to me? Then the Lord said to him, look what the Lord's, the Lord's speaking to Moses. The Lord said to him, what's in your hand? And what's in his hand was a staff. He's a shepherd. He's used to getting sheep and poking sheep and steering them around. What's in his hand is a staff, he replied. He said, a staff, he replied. The Lord said, throw it onto the ground. He throws it to the ground. Moses threw it to the ground and became a snake, and he ran from it. One, I love that they put, and he ran from it. I just, I don't know. It's big. Then the Lord said to him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. He picked it up, so Moses reached down, took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. Listen to what the reflection was that, that Pastor Warren had on this. He says, What's in your hand, that staff, throw it down. Something that was a dead stick came to life. Then when he said, pick it up, it became a dead stick again. He said this, and I thought this was important. God never does a miracle to show off. He's always teaching us something, amen? So what was he teaching Moses? Two things. That staff represented two things in Moses' life. One, it represented his identity. It was a symbol that he was a shepherd, that he was leading these sheep, that he was a shepherd over these sheep. He was protector of these sheep. He was provider of these sheep. It was a symbol of what he was going to do for the people of Israel. And two, it was his influence. 
He uses it to move people. Shepherd's staff is used. You you bring the sheep near through the the crook or you poke them and you get them going. It had influence. It moves people from one place to another. And here's what he said. Here's what God is teaching him. I want you to lay your identity and your influence down and give it to me in submission. And when you do that, I'll do a miracle with it and I'll make it alive again. I want you to take that staff that represents your life, Moses, and when you lay it down and you give it to me, it'll become alive. Now remember, Moses was a prince in Egypt. He's wandering around as a shepherd. I'm sure in his heart he felt dead, snuffed out like God had forgotten him, like, man, I don't even know what God is doing with my life, right? And so in this moment, I'm sure he's struggling through this, and God's teaching him this. If you lay down your identity and if you lay down your influence, I will do a miracle with it. But listen, if you pick it back up, it'll become dead again. So I ask you today, church, what's in your hand for 2019? What's your identity? What's your influence? If you lay it down, God will make it come alive, but it takes submission first. I want you to note something. After after Exodus chapter 4, never again in the Bible does it call that staff of Moses, Moses' staff. From that point on, it's called the rod of God. Moses carried the rod of God. Why? Because he surrendered his identity. He surrendered his influence, and it became the rod of God. Hearing the voice of God starts with being willing to surrender, submit, and give up your identity, your influence for the glory of God. And when you get into this position of submission, then when you say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, God will begin to speak. One of the things that he talked about was prerequisites then. What, what's prerequisites for hearing God speak? If I'm going to say, speak, speak, Lord, for, for I'm listening, for your servant is listening, what do I got to do in my life? He talked about submission. Then he said this. Number one, I must believe that God cares about the details of my life. Luke chapter 12 says that God knows the number of hairs on your head. For some of us, that's easy. Amen? Do I hear an amen? Come on. All right. God knows the details of my life. He loves me. He loves you. He cares about you. You need to know that God cares about the details of your life. If you don't believe that God cares about your details, why would he speak into that? Number two, number two, listen to this. I must believe God wants to answer my questions. I want you to hear this. I must believe that God wants to answer my questions. There's not a person in here who doesn't have confrontation sometimes with the things of the Lord. And you've got questions and you've got like, God, what are you doing in this? Or God, what about this? Or what about my life here? God wants to answer. James 1, 5 through 6 says, if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. God is more willing, we said this earlier, God is more willing to talk and give you that wisdom than you, you and I are willing to ask. There's a book out um, in our Bible, in, in the Old Testament, small prophet book called Habakkuk. Anybody ever read Habakkuk? Anybody out there? All right. Uh, some of you are like, how about what? Right? I want to encourage you to go to the Old Testament, read, okay? One day you'll meet Habakkuk in heaven and you can say, I read your book in the Bible, right? Habakkuk chapter 2 starting with one, verses one through two, has a good word on hearing the voice of God. Listen to this. Habakkuk says this, Habakkuk says this, I will climb up to my watchtower and I will stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see, everybody say see. Note that, this is interesting. There I will wait to see what the Lord says. How do you see what the Lord says? And how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that the runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end 
and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it. It will surely take place. It will not be delayed. Let me show you five things real quickly on how to hear the voice of God and how to, become, how, how to have the voice of God become second nature to you from what Habakkuk shared here. Number one, everybody say withdraw. Look what he says. Climb up to the watchtower. The watchtower was his quiet place. The watchtower was getting away. The watchtower was getting away from all the distractions. The watchtower was his prayer closet, his lazy chair, his, again, his rocking chair on the porch. It was away from everybody else. He was just, he was, he was trying to get away. He was disengaging from everything else, and he was going to the place where he could get quiet and alone with God where he couldn't hear other noise, be surrounded by other noise. Jesus did this often in the Gospels. It says that he often withdrew to a quiet place to pray to his Father. We all need that place where we can withdraw to. What's your place? Could be in your car on your way to work, radio off, you and the Lord. You gotta block out all the distractions around you, other drivers, right? Could be that place though. What is your place where you're just quiet before the Lord, where you withdraw, where you withdraw and just you and God? Number two, everybody say, wait. He says this, he says, after I climb up to the watchtower, there I will wait. I want you to hear me say this, there I will wait. I calm my thoughts and my emotions. I station myself, I calm down, I get still. I, 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 I get quiet before the Lord. Not just quiet noise-wise, that's where your watchtower's at. I get quiet, I quiet my heart. I've got a thousand things in my head going through of what I get to get done today. I quiet all of those things and I just wait on the Lord. I love this quote that he said, Hurry is the death of prayer, amen? Hurry is the death of prayer. I calm my body, I sit down, I'm quiet, I breathe out, and, and I just wait there in silence, and I listen for the Lord. I like what he says here. Inner calm, like inner calmness inside of us, creates the inner calm of God. Number three, word, everybody say word. There I wait, and this is what I find so fascinating, to see what the Lord says. Why didn't he say, there I wait to hear what the Lord says? I think he has this for our day and age. There I wait to see what the Lord says. We need the word of God, amen? I'm gonna see it, I'm gonna read it, I wanna see what the Lord says. I want you to know God's will is found in his word. Stop waiting for a voice and start looking for a verse, amen? Look, I'm, I want the voice of God as much as the next person, but I'm telling you, a lot of times the verse is the voice, amen? Sometimes we want that booming voice where God says, move. Sometimes we need to get in scripture and see what God says. And so some of us out there, man, I'm saying digging for both. I mean, I want the voice of God in my life, but I'm telling you, sometimes we just need to dig into the word and see what the word says because God's already spoken. He's laid it out. Number four, everybody say, right. Then he says this, I'll climb up there and how, see how he'll answer my complaint. And then he says, write my answer plainly on tablets. Write down the insights that I see. Write down what I reveal to you. Man, I think this is so important. When you're in that prayer moment, you're waiting on the Lord. You've quieted yourself. You begin to listen. You say, speak, Father, for your servant is listening. All of a sudden, you're reading the word and things may start to jump out at you. Maybe you read about the righteousness of God. You jot down righteousness. Maybe you read about the the, the the, the fear of the Lord is my strength. You write down fear of the Lord is my strength. Maybe you write down joy, whatever it is, and you start to write these words down. And maybe for th those words are for you in that moment, or maybe God's gonna use those words for tomorrow. 
But you write them down and you're looking at them and all of a sudden you start to see things happening where you're like, man, I've been really dealing with anxiety and God says to cast all my anxieties on him. And all of a sudden you realize, man, I'm not casting my anxieties, right? Because you've written it down. You're looking at it. You're writing down what God is showing you in his word. Because so many times we open the word up, we do our quick seven minute devotional, we close it, we go on through our day and then we have that struggle and we go, man, I know God said something about that. What if we opened up that tablet, opened up that notebook, and we saw where it says, man, cast all your fears on me, all your anxieties on me. And in that moment, just something strikes us in our heart. We write it down. And then number five, review. Everybody say review. 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 A runner can carry the correct message to others. He says, he says, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Listen, once you write it down, then you begin to review it with people. You begin to share what God is stirring in your hearts with others. It's not just for you to keep down inside because we're supposed to test it and see if it's in accordance to God's word. So you have people in your life that you're sharing these words with, these impressions that God is giving you. I think out of all the things, this is the most difficult one, church, the review. You see, because I feel like sometimes we'll have a word in our heart and we're like, I'm new to this thing and I feel like the Lord has like spoke to me in his word and I, I feel like I've got a word, but, but then all of a sudden we get nervous and God gave me a word for Christy and then I sit here and I'm like, oh, he gave me a word for Christy. Like, what do I do with this word? And, and you have a choice. Like a lot of people, the distance from here to here is the hardest part. God may have a word and I may come up to Christy and say, God gave me a word for you. Have, you. have you been dealing with some fear? Because I just want you to know, God says his perfect love casts out fear. And all of a sudden, Christy goes, yeah, yeah, that, that's what I needed. His perfect love cast out fear. How did you know? And I'm like, well, I didn't. God did, right? And so it's that moment. But here, right here is where we all struggle with. I think most of us would agree that when God speaks into our life, it's a cool thing. When God tells us to speak into somebody else's life, how many get a little freaked out by that? Yeah. We're going to do it right now. Grab a partner. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> So this right here is the toughest thing, but I want you to understand something. I've never in my life ever seen somebody who the Lord has impressed something on their heart for somebody else come up and say, ah, I just need you to know that God loves you so much. I don't know if you're dealing with love, but God loves you so much. He just needs you to know that today. So just take and do with that what you want. I've never seen a person go, I am so mad that you said God loves me. <laughs> what do you mean God has filled me with hope? Don't you say that, right? It's ludicrous. Never seen anybody say that. And so here we are. We're given words of exhortation. We're building up. God is giving you something to speak into somebody else's life. It's huge in the kingdom of God. Amen? It's huge. What if we were so in tune with the Lord that as he's been to this place, 300 people in here, giving us things, not just for our own life, but for other people's lives, that we come into this place, 300 people in here, we come in and we start speaking these words like, hey, I don't know what it is, man, but God says he loves you today. I mean, everybody's coming in being filled up, right? Everybody's coming in sharing their hearts with one another. Like it says in the word, something is stirring. And then finally, wow, finally, how do I know if it's the right word? Just gonna shoot through these real quickly. Um, number one, uh, is it consistent with the Bible? How do I know if, if I'm hearing the right word? Number one, is it consistent with the Bible? I want you to hear, you're not gonna hear something with, from God that's outside of the word of God, amen? amen? You're not gonna hear something from God. That's how cults start, that's how other like variations of, of, of religion start is that we take what God has given us, the word of God, and then we put our own stamp of words on it. Look, if God has something to say, you'll confirm it right here in his word, okay? So it's gonna be found in his word. Um, in fact, just real quick, I gotta tell you, um, and, and it has to be in context. Everybody say in context. 
I had a young man I used to mentor years and years ago when I was a youth pastor, and, and uh, man, he was convinced that God said it was okay for him to smoke weed, all right? And I'm like, bud, man, you, and this was like in the early 2000s, late 90s. And I was like, I was like, man, you gotta give up. This is gonna cause addictions and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, and I'm telling you, I think God is okay that I'm smoking weed. I'm like, how do you know it's okay? Like, wh- show me where God says it's okay. And he says, um, God has given us every seed-bearing plant for our good, right? I'm like, dude, you are really stretching, man. Like, you are stretching, right? And so it's got to be consistent with God's word in context. I want you to hear that. Number two, will it make me more like Christ? If God gives you a word, his word is always to make you more like Christ. Amen, church. He is our standard. God, Jesus is our standard. Number three, does my church family confirm it? Now, this is big. Ephesians 3.10 says God's purpose in all this was to use the church body to display his wisdom in its rich variety. If I'm getting this wild hair idea and nobody else is confirming it, like nobody else in here is like saying, man, the Lord's kind of really been resonating that with me too. I'm just going to say, check that for a minute. Check that for a minute because I want other people to go, man, God's been speaking that to me too. Or God's been kind of sharing that with me as well. And so check that just in your spirit for a minute. Make sure that it's confirmed. God loves to speak to his body. Amen. Number four, is it consistent with how God shaped me? How do I know if it's the right word that he gave me? Is it consistent with how God shaped me? Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. Look at how God wired you. The word that you get from God, look and see if it's how God wired you. Like if God comes to me, I'm just telling you right now, if God comes to me and say, look, Aaron, you were supposed to play in the NBA. You're six foot two, man. That's not true, I'm 5'8", right? But if he were, if he were, if he were to come and say, like, it, like if, if I felt like that's what he told me, I would look and go, I'm just not wired for the NBA. I don't think that's the Lord. That's my own thoughts. That's my own desires. Never going to happen, all right? If you're out there today and, and you're looking to see if God's speaking to your life, ask, does it resonate with where my, my heart is at? Number five, is it convicting rather than condemning? Let me, let me tell you how big this is. Satan is the accuser. Conviction comes from God. Conviction is because God loves you. Conviction says that you're a sinner. Condemnation says you're worthless. Satan brings condemnation. God brings conviction. And God's not going to speak that word of condemnation. He's going to speak the word of conviction in our hearts. And then number six, does it bring God's peace? Maybe out of all these things, if you note any of them, maybe this is the biggest one. Does it bring God's peace? Um, Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts you just have peace about it. prayed about it feel like the lord's kind of give me something through his word other people have just kind of confirmed that in me and i just i'm going to walk in it because i have a peace about it so here's what i want to do today real quickly we're going to close out i'm going to invite the prayer team wherever you guys are at you guys can come up here to the sides if if you know that 2019 has to be a year where you say god i need to hear your voice above all the other things above all the other noises I wanna encourage you to make that commitment today. The prayer team's gonna be up here. If you need to be prayed in for that, if you just need somebody to pray over you because you've been struggling for a a decision, you've been struggling for a thing you've gotta do, you've been struggling because you long to hear God's voice, the prayer team is here to pray with you guys on that. Or up here at the altar, you can come as well. But I'm asking before you leave today, will you just encounter God for a minute? Will you just say, God, 
just want to quiet myself for a minute. Speak for your servant is listening. And I want to build repetition up. Even if I don't hear it on the first time. Even if I don't hear it on the second time. Even if I don't hear it on the third time. You keep asking. It took four times for Samuel to run to Eli. And then finally he got it. The Lord is speaking. So I'm going to ask you to stand. Let's close our eyes. I'm going to pray over you. If you need prayer this morning, come and see the prayer team, man. They want to pray over you. If you've made that commitment to Jesus, you need strength today, come and see the prayer team. I know we're going a little long today, but it's important. Father God, we thank you that you're a speaking God. You're not a quiet God. You're a speaking God. You're constantly speaking through your word. You speak through other people, God. You speak through visions and dreams. Father, you desire personal relationship with this communication. And so I'm praying, Father, this morning that this would be a year that the mantra becomes for Alliance Community Church. Speak for your servant is listening in my finances. Speak for your servant is listening at my workplaces. Speak for your servant is listening in my marriage, in my singleness. Speak for your servant is listening in my life. Speak, God. We want to hear from you. And then we want to submit and follow all the days of our life. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.